This is a podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. I want to ask the gents a question first because we've gone through this. It's December and it's really close now. You've not got much time. Literally one more day. Gents, have you done your shopping? Yes. Has everybody done it? Has, has anybody wrapped their presents, gentlemen? Okay, so we, we've still got a bit of work to do. We've still got a little bit of work to do. But a, a friend of mine called me the other day. He says, uh, he says, Matt, he said, I did what you told me to do. I said, go on. He said, I went as early as I possibly could to get my Christmas shopping done. I was like, well, that's brilliant. He said, you're not going to believe it. I said, go on. He said, I got arrested. I said, well, it's not a crime to do your shopping. He says, it is. The shop was still shut. (laughs) Now, that is early. I'm sorry. I know. I apologise. I know, a terrible joke, but um, I thought, well, I'd give it a go. But uh, if you remember, if you've been over the past few weeks, we've talked about this manger, this scene over here that's set. Now, it looks all beautiful. It looks so wonderful. But we know, don't we, that it wasn't quite as pretty as perhaps it looks just there with its nice heater next to it and uh, its almost wooden background and its wooden manger and its foam-based staff. Anybody else impressed with that? If you can't see it, I'll, uh, I'll pop it up. Look at that. It's a shepherd's crook, foam-based, just in case. That's mainly because if the kid grabs another kid round the neck, that's what I was told anyway. So we've set the scene over the past few weeks and we've talked about this stable. And if you remember, we went right back to where the prophets talked about this coming Messiah. They told about this king that was going to come. And then we got to the place where Mary and Joseph in the town of Bethlehem, the town of David, because of the census that Augustus had called, they found themselves in a place where there was no room. And there, the very king of kings was born and placed in a manger. And we unwrapped the gift, didn't we? This wonderfully gift-wrapped box unless you look to the left or the right, and I maybe got a little bit slack on the wrapping. But in there is this wonderful gift, and it says on there that the gift is eternal life. That if we put our faith in this Saviour, this Jesus Christ, then we can have eternal life. Amen? Now I'm glad that some of you are listening. And then from that point, we found that the stable became a little bit busier. Because the angels appeared to the shepherds out on the hillside. The humble shepherd. I, was, uh, I went, we went round to uh, Laura's this morning and she made us a breakfast sandwich. See how I've kept it uh, across the board there. Truth be told, she made a bacon cob. <laughs> But a breakfast sandwich, okay. And there on the side was this wonderful shepherd's pie. Those poor shepherds. But apparently it's more to do with a lamb. I'm not sure, but anyway. Jesus Christ has been born. Go and see. And amazingly, the shepherds, well, they leave everything. 
They drop the lot. This 24-hour, seven-day-a-week job, they drop it. And they go and they find the Messiah. And there they see the very King of Kings. And the amazing thing is, as the scripture tells us, that they couldn't help but tell everybody about the news. They couldn't contain it. It was news that had to be shared. We've just seen the Messiah. The angels told us, we've got to tell you. It was incredible. And then it says they went back to the hillside. They were praising God. They were forever changed. And that's what the good news gives us the opportunity to this afternoon, is to be forever changed. Now, as we've already heard, as June so wonderfully read for us, thank you, June. Better June read than me, because as we've heard before, I stumble regularly, and Bethlehem becomes very difficult. (laughs) But here, in this story now, back in Matthew, we see the visit of the Magi, or Magi, or these kings, these men from afar, that have come to find out what this is all about. They've seen a star, a new star, and they've thought, well, the only thing we can do is go and see where that star leads. Go and find out what this star is all about. And these wise men go off and they are in search of this Messiah. Now, I've had time this afternoon and this morning to think. And I thought, well, do you know what would be a good thing is to get some wise men up and and you could all look at the wise men and do you know what? That is a tougher task than it looks, I tell you. It is a very tough task. Brave or stupid, I'm not sure. I think it's the latter. But we see, don't we, from this story that they bought three gifts. That does not mean there were three wise men. I know. The truth is there were probably a whole load of them. The word that they used to use was caravan. Not like we've got, like a... (laughs) No, nothing like that. But more like a load of camels with a load of people on and a load of stuff on a trek that might take days, weeks, months. And that's just where we find it also. Because we know the stable scene, don't we? And I've shared, you know, if you've been around for Christmas a few years, you'll know that the stable scene did not have the the kings. But if you knew, then this is a revelation to you. The kings actually came months after. As it says in chapter 2 and verse 11, on coming to the house. Now you know that they were not in a house. They were in a stable, weren't they? Listen how high my voice has got. That happens as well, usually on Christmas morning. But there I am all excited. But they come to this house and we find there that these kings, these three kings, these presents, these troop, these army from the east have come and they've had a look to see and to find out about this Messiah. They spent time looking for Jesus. They pursued the star. I've tried this week. Now, come on. You know, so, there we go. Look, oh, that's not bad. We'll let you have that. Better than last week. <laughs> they were in pursuit of this Jesus. 
And when they found him, the Bible tells us that they worshipped him. They wanted to see him because to them, the news was sweet. You remember right back at the beginning when we looked at the two prophecies and one talked about this sweet Messiah that would be received and would be the saviour for all. And then in the other uh, prophecy, we saw that this Messiah would suffer and he would be crucified because the news to some is bitter. And here this afternoon, we see one half of the acceptance that says this news is sweet. But we also know that the king, Herod at the time, he was not a good guy. Let's have a bit of panto. He was a good guy. Oh, honestly, that's it. I've achieved. But you see, the king at the time, King Herod, he was not a good guy. And the truth is that he didn't like the fact that they were referring to this baby that had been born in a stable in Bethlehem as a king. A king? I don't think he's a king, because I'm king. There ain't nobody else king because I'm king and I'll be king for as long as I want to be king. So what he says to the, uh, to the guys that have come to find Jesus, he says to them, look, you, you go, you go. And then when you found him, come back and tell me where he is, will you? So that I too can go and worship. The good news is that God was in control, amen? Verse 12 says to us, And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. You see, the news of this Messiah is either received as a sweet aroma or it's received as bitterness. And church, there is no difference today as we've covered over and over that the truth is that people will choose either to accept or reject this Jesus. And these wise men then, because they chose to accept this Messiah, they chose to seek him out. They could do nothing else but bring gifts. They wanted to bring things, to give all that they had in worship to this Messiah. And I guess the challenge is there for us too this afternoon. What are we bringing? The carol says, I give my life. My all. I, I could do nothing else but give my all. But I don't know about you whether you've ever thought about these gifts, but when I look at them, I, I think, do you know what? I'd have been a little bit, what? <laughs> you know, I, I like the gift thing, okay? I'm going to admit it. I like the gift thing, okay? When it's your birthday, nobody else gets presents. I'll be honest, I like that a little bit more. Is that selfish? <laughs> Is that, that is bad, isn't it? Sorry. Anyway, I haven't said that, so Alistair will remove that from the recording. Nobody will ever know. You've got to prove it, all right? <laughs> he won't remove it. Cheers, pal. But you see here, Jesus gets three gifts that you could scratch your head wondering, what's going off here? Gold, incense, and myrrh for a baby. Maybe uh, Jesus was five, six, seven months old. They're odd gifts, aren't they? Gold incense and myrrh I mean a rattle <laughs> that might have been good 
You know, some kind of push-along toy? Maybe? An iPad? No? But, but gold, incense and myrrh, they seem really odd. But again, the gifts are so significant. And if you know the word of God, if you've seen this before, you'll understand. But the gold talks of his kingship. That this Messiah is the King of Kings. The Lord of Lords, Revelation 19 and verse 16 tells us that he is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So therefore the gold signifies that. And to the incense talks of the fact of his priestly, that he is the great high priest. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14 tells us that. That he is the great high priest. That Jesus Christ is interceding for those of us that know and love him. That he's saying to God, look, don't, they are good. And when God looks at me, he sees Jesus Christ. I don't deserve that. You've already heard how selfish I am. (laughs) I don't deserve that. But God in his goodness looks at me, he sees Jesus. Not because I'm anything, but because he is everything. And he has given me the opportunity at life because of the cross. And then this myrrh. Such a harsh one for a baby. Because it speaks of death. But you know my Bible tells me that Jesus at the age of 33 was indeed taken to that hill. And he was crucified. He led a perfect life. Sinless. And there on that cross, he died in my place. He took my sin upon himself, but after three days, he rose again. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 tells us of what this myrrh signifies, what its importance is. And you know, that's really where I want to go, because the, the title that we've got today is The Passionate Pursuit. And you could think, well, that's about these wise men. That they passionately pursued this star, this saviour, this Jesus, this king. But I want to tell you this afternoon that the passionate pursuit is Jesus Christ. And he passionately pursues you and me. And we, let me be brutally honest for all of us. We do not deserve that. We do not deserve that. Yet, he pursues us. John chapter 3 and verse 16, one of my favourite verses in the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. But it goes on in 17 to say, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. God didn't send Jesus to go, Do you know what? You're all done. Finished. I'm not interested in you. You're vile. Oh, you can't say that. Half past four on a Sunday. But God in his goodness did not do that. Even though that's what we deserve. Rather, he sent Jesus Christ to give us the opportunity at life. 
Give us the opportunity to overcome this huge chasm that we find between us and God that sin has created. You know, the sin that's in our life, and, and you know, maybe you've never thought that you've ever done anything wrong, but let, I'll give you 10 seconds. You've already thought of something, haven't you? Have you done something wrong? And I know the answer is yes. And if you said no, you just did something wrong. <laughs> because we know, don't we, that we do things wrong all the time. Whether it be a thought, whether it be an action, whether it be a motive, whether it be something that comes out of our mouth. We are born, as the Bible tells us, sinners. We have all sinned and we all fall short to the glory of God. And there is this huge chasm between us and God. And there is no possible way that we could ever get to God other than the bridge that was made for each one of us. The cross. And Jesus Christ said, we have the opportunity to go from death to life. We have the opportunity to overcome this chasm that we could never achieve of our own merit. And God has given us the opportunity through Jesus to receive life. You know, that is the good news of Christmas. That is the good news that we celebrate. Christ Mass, it is the celebration of Christ. And so often, as we've heard of Josh earlier, so often we make it about so much and we forget. And if we just, in this few moments, remember. And when all the noise and the hustle and bustle on Christmas morning happens, and it's exciting and I love it, I have two children under the age of 10, I can assure you they probably won't sleep great. They are going to be excited. I will probably be more excited than both of them. But that's it, isn't it? But let's not forget. Let's not forget that God has given us the opportunity at life. The Bible tells us that Jesus Christ did what needed to be done on that cross. That he overcame sin. And he overcame death. And now the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, has defeated those. He has bridged the gap. And the Bible too tells me that he passionately pursues each one of us. But you have to make a decision. You know, my entire being, who I am, is this. Because outside of this, it's just noise, isn't it? It's, it's just noise. Life is great, it's wonderful. And sometimes it's not, and it's hard. <laughs> Yet he loves me. And whatever life throws at me, whatever life throws at you, we have a God who loves us. So much so that he would send his very best for each one of us, but we have to make a decision and the decision is am I going to choose to accept Christ as my Savior am I going to choose to accept this free gift or am I going to walk away am I going to say it's not for me oh it was nice wasn't it Matt went on a little bit the puppets were really good the Muppet at the front not so much and we leave here and is that it? Roll on Christmas Day. 
eat too much, blackout on the sofa, all by half past eleven. <laughs> and we can miss the point. But you see, right now, at just gone half past four, you can make the choice. Because you can choose to accept the free gift. Or you can choose to carry on and say, do you know what, I'm going to be all right. I'll think about God in a few years, as and when is necessary. The Bible also warns us there might not be a tomorrow. <laughs> That'd be sad, wouldn't it? All those presents you've wrapped, all those presents you've bought, men, still to wrap. It'd save a job. But the magnitude is this, that there's a decision to be made. And it's what we're going to do that will determine the very rest of our lives. Now I want to challenge you with this. That you may not have met me. You may not even know who I am. You may not know anything about me. But my challenge to you is this. That if you've heard something right now that seems like you might want to do some digging, then come and see me. I like to think I'm quite down to earth. I'm actually wearing white trainers whilst preaching from the front. Come and talk to me. Because the magnitude of it is eternal. The gravity of it is eternal. And we have the opportunity at life. But I would encourage you to come and find out. Because you have to ask, you have to find out, and you have to understand. As the wise men passionately pursued Christ, so Christ this morning, this afternoon, today, is passionately pursuing us. What are you going to do about it? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for your word. We thank you for Jesus Christ. Father, you gave your very best for each one of us. And Father, we pray at this Christmas time that we might just remember what Christmas is all about. And that, Father God, that you might just <coughs> help us to understand that your Holy Spirit would move and that lives might be changed. Father God, we have an opportunity at this free gift of life because of all that your Son, the Lord Jesus, has done for us. And I just pray, Lord God, that we wouldn't leave this place, that if there's somebody right now that wants to have a conversation, that wants to find out, that, Father, they would not leave this place without that very conversation. And, Lord, for those of us that know and love you, that have chosen to accept you as our Saviour, Father, may you help us to just shout from the rooftops, Father, the joy that we have received life and life eternal. Father, we deserve nothing, but you've seen fit to give us the very best gift to spend an eternity with you, our loving Heavenly Father. We do not deserve anything, but you have given us so much. Father, may you help us this Christmas time. May you strengthen us. May you bless us. And as a church, Father, as families, as individuals, may you help us, Lord God, to just have a great Christmas time. We thank you that we've been able to celebrate together over these weeks leading up to Christmas. Bless us, Father, we pray. For all of these things we ask in and through our Saviour's precious name, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.